Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again, everyone. It's so good to have you join us today here at One Life Church. If I've not had the chance to introduce myself, my name is Rhett, and I'm the lead pastor here. And before we get started, I want to do something we do every single week. As I look into the camera, I want to welcome our online church family, all those in the room here at the Civic Center. Can you throw your hands together today and welcome those joining us online today? We love you. You are our family, and we're so thankful for technology and how it brings us all together. We know at some point, we hope to see you hopefully soon right here at the Civic Center, because as grateful as we are for technology, we also recognize that it's just a little bit better in the room. Can I get a good amen from all those who are in the room today? And so we are, uh, I'm really excited about the journey we're about to take over the next few weeks. We're beginning a new series, but before I tell you about the series, I simply just want to remind all of us that we are a message note-taking church, which simply means we love to take notes here at One Life Church. It's not something that we do. It is just part of our culture and our DNA as leaders in this room. And so if you've not already downloaded the notes, you can go text OLC Notes to 94,000. You can text OLC Notes to 94,000, and it will send a link right to your phone. You can click that. It'll open up an uh, opportunity to follow along. You can fill in the blank. You can save it as a PDF. You can send it to a friend or a family member. It's really cool. So I would encourage you to maybe begin something, start something new. Let's try something new. Uh, You might just simply find out that you're like, wow, I really enjoy this because not only am I hearing it on Sunday, but now I'm being able to reference it throughout the week. And if there's ever a series that I believe that the message notes could really help you, I mean, they're all important for everyone, but it's really important for this series is because we're talking about hearing the voice of God. The name of this series is called Voice of a shepherd learning to hear God's voice. And so as we jump into this today, the reason I wanted to bring this message is because if there was one question that I get asked a lot as a pastor, it's, Pastor, how do I hear the voice of God? Put that question on the screen, my friend. How do I hear the voice of of God. And see, many of us in this room, if we're honest, we think we feel like God is speaking to us, but we're not really quite sure. I mean, is it God? Is it the devil? Or is it the pizza we ate last night, right? So it's like, how do I absolutely know that I'm hearing God's voice? And like, what does the Bible have to say about God? Well, the truth is what you're going to discover today and throughout this series is that my friends, good news is we have a speaking God. God has spoken throughout history, and he still speaks today. In fact, if you open up the very first chapter of your Bible in verse 3, it says, in the beginning, God, it said, God said, God said, he spoke, and he spoke into creation, and he created mankind. And then if you flip to the back of your Bible, which is the last book of your Bible, you'll find a book called Revelation. And seven times in the book of Revelation, God says, he who has an ear, let him him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. So you can see throughout Scripture from Old Testament to New Testament and just about every book how God is speaking and wants to continue to speak to us today. So the beauty is we serve a speaking God. But here's the challenge. The challenge is most of us 
We're not really sure on how to discern the voice of God. We're not really sure. We know he's speaking, but we've never really been taught how to really kind of just zone in and discern his voice and listen to his voice. And this is what this series is all about. And so I want to start today with a chapter, a book called John, in John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And this is where Jesus is telling a parable. And a parable was basically a modern day made up uh, story. And basically in this kind of parables and different things that he would say, he would use a lot of analogies and metaphors. And what we see in this point is Jesus is specifically using a metaphor. And you might be wondering, why are we saying a voice of a shepherd? And why is that even the name of the series? Well, it's because Jesus himself referred to himself as a shepherd and refers to us as the church as sheep. And this is kind of where we get this out of this story. Look at this. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. Who's him? That's the shepherd. That's Jesus. And the sheep, that's the church. That's you and I. I love this. This is very unique. We have this innate ability, look at this, to listen to God's voice. In fact, God, Jesus, calls his own sheep, that's us, by name, and he does what every single one of us, if we're honest, want him to do for us, and that is to lead us in our lives, in our family, in our finances, in our homes, in our marriages, right? He leads us. It says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep Again, what do we do? We follow him. Why? Because we know. We know, without a shout of a doubt, we know his voice. But then it goes on to say, but they will never follow a stranger. In other words, you and I, we're not called to follow competing voices in the world. No, we will run away from the competing voices because we don't recognize the voice of a stranger or a stranger's voice. So today, we're just beginning the journey in a few weeks here. And today, my hope is that we learn how to hear God's voice. And for some of you, this is critical. It's critical because some of you are in the middle of some really major life-changing life decisions. And you're asking yourself, is God speaking? And if he is, could I please learn how to tune in and zone into that frequency and then be able to hear so I know how to take some next steps? And so my hope throughout this series today and moving forward into 2022 is the beauty of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. Look at this. Is that we all learn to listen for God's voice in everything that we do. Not in just what we do, but in everywhere we go. So before we leave the house in the morning, we go to work, we're hearing the voice of God. Before we respond to that text, we're hearing the voice of God. Before we make that major life-changing decision to move, that we hear the voice of God. Before we decide to buy that house or to sell that home, we hear the voice of God of God. Why? It's important because look at the rest of the verse. He's the one who will keep you on track. Let's go to that next verse, Proverbs 3, uh, 6, my friend, so everybody can see this on the screen. Proverbs 3, verse 6. Are we good back there? We're having a little bit of trouble? No worries. If you have your notes, you're following along on your phone. Our production team's doing a great job. They're getting everything back up. But the more that I've studied and the longer that I lived, I have come to realize this important truth, my friends. You ready for this? And that is God doesn't have have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. We have a hearing problem. In fact, Jesus says this in Luke 8.8. 8. We got a lot of scriptures today. And if you're, if you're a note taker, you're going to enjoy this. Jesus says this in Luke 8.8. 8. He who has ears, 
By the way, last time I checked, it's every single one of us in this room and probably 99.9% online, okay? He says, he who has ears, let him, let him hear. Let him hear. In other words, God's saying, hey guys, I'm always speaking. I'm always communicating. But the challenge is, the trouble is, you're not always hearing my voice and what I'm saying. And the reality is, and the truth is, if we were honest, it's not because we don't want to hear his voice. It's just that we've not learned how to listen and to hear it in a clear, concise way to where we've known how to discern that who is God and what is God saying and how is he saying it and how clearly it is speaking to us. So if God's speaking, and he is, and if we're having trouble hearing, which honestly is most of us, including me, from time to time, then we need to learn how. We need to learn how to hear God's voice. And so my hope today is to, the title of this message is Preparing to Hear. Preparing to Hear. We're setting the foundation and the groundwork of preparing our hearts and our lives to be at a place where we can hear God's voice. So let's take a look at Luke 8, 5 through 8. Come on, can we put our hands together for our production team, everybody? That's amazing. Yeah, we're together now. So Jesus, again, he's speaking in parables, and he's using this parable to illustrate a very important truth spiritually. And he says, a farmer, everybody say farmer. Come on, we're Idahoans, you know, we know what agriculture is all about, right? A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on. And the birds, notate this, we'll come back to this a little bit later, the birds, they ate it up. It goes on to say, some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it, and then it choked the plants. And then finally, he says this, still there was other seed that fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. Good soil. In that soil, it came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. So what is it saying? Jesus is simply saying that if the condition of the soil is right, the seed that is received will produce a crop. A crop. It'll be productive. It will make a difference. I'm going to say that again. If the condition of the soil is right, the seed that is received in that soil will produce a crop. Not a a matter of might. Not a matter of if, but no, it will produce a crop. Now, if I had a handful of seeds in my hand, I thought about doing this, but I didn't want to make a big mess, okay? But if I had a handful of seeds in my hand and I threw all the seeds right here on this stage and on this floor, and if we came back a year from now, what do you think would happen to these seeds on this floor and on this ground? Anyone? It's not a trick question. Absolutely nothing. Now, there's power in the seed, But this ground is not made to receive that seed and to produce any kind of crop. Why? Because this is not the right soil for the seed. Y'all going with me? Seed must have a good place to land. And when the seed has a good place to land, then it has the ability to produce a crop in our lives. And so then Jesus makes this powerful statement, already referenced it, but I'll read it again. When he said this, he called out, and this is the word of God for somebody today. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. Again, Jesus is saying, hey, God doesn't have a speaking problem. 
The problem is we have a hearing problem. And so Jesus decides that this message is so important that he, <laughs> he says the same story, but this time he explains it to us because some of us are like, what does this have to do with anything, right? And so Luke 8, 11, Jesus goes on, explains a little bit more. He says, this is the meaning of the story or the parable. He says, the seed is the word of God. Time out for a second. In other words, the seed is the voice of God in your life. The word of God, what does it do? We think of the Bible in pages, right? Like, what does the word of God do? It teaches us, it trains us, and it, what it speaks to us. It's just one of several ways that God uses to speak to us clearly so we can hear. And so in the story, he's saying the seed is the voice of God. It's the word of God. So if the seed is the voice of God, then what is, what's, the, what's the soil? Well, the soil would be the condition of our hearts. The condition of our hearts would then indeed be the soil. So what you're about to see in the little journey we're going to take today is that you're going to see that there's four conditions of the heart or of the soil that Jesus is addressing. Now, the hope is that I'll do this the best that I can by the grace of the Lord to explain it in a way that you can begin to see clearly, because the beauty of beginning to see clearly is that now you can begin to hear clearly. And so this is the journey we're going to go on. The very first heart condition he talks about, we see in Luke 8, 12. Let's read the verse, and then I'll give you point one. Luke 8, 12, it says, those along the path are the ones who hear God speaking, like they hear God speaking, like they, they hear it, but then check this out. Remember we talked about the bird earlier that came and snatched it up? Well, this is what the bird represents, the devil. The devil represents the bird. The devil comes and takes away the words from their hearts. And so I just need us all to come to the place to realize that every time God is trying to speak to you, the enemy is right there speaking as well. And he's trying to make sure that you don't receive what God is trying to tell you. Why? Well, look at the verse so that you and I would come to a place where we wouldn't believe and that we ultimately wouldn't be saved. In other words, the reason that the enemy tries to come and snatch up what God does and what God is trying to speak to you is that he's trying to destroy your life. Not just your home, not just your marriage, but your eternity. He's trying to keep you from hearing the voice of your creator and the plan and purpose and design that God has for your life and the difference that you are called to make this side of heaven. And you get this, you ready for this? And that side of heaven. It's amazing, you guys. And so the first heart condition that keeps us from hearing God's word. You ready for this? Write this down if you're taking notes, number one. And that is a heart that is polluted. It's a soil that has become contaminated. And so again, God is speaking, but a lot of times the reason we can't hear his voice is because our soul is polluted. You see, the devil knows that if he can pollute your heart, he can pollute your hearing. If he can pollute your heart, he can pollute your hearing from God. And the prominent problem that pollutes our soul is ready for this? One word, it's sin. Sin is like the white noise that keeps you from hearing the whispers of God in your life. Sin is what separates us from God. And if sin separates us from God, then, then we would just go ahead and assume, right, that that's also going to separate us from really tuning in and hearing clearly God's word speak to us. And so many people always come, Pastor Brad, I don't really, I don't know if I can hear God speaking to me, God speaking to me, I don't know if he is, I'm having trouble. And so I always start with this question, I start at the root, and that is, how is your soul? 
Like, how's your soul? How's your heart? Because if your heart is healthy and free of any debris and free of any contaminants and, 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 and purified through Christ and his blood and your sins are forgiven, and like if your soul is healthy in that regard, then your hearing will be healthy as well. So what do we do if our, if our hearts are polluted from the world or the culture or decisions that we've made and the choices that have brought sin, guilt, and shame? Well, James 1, 21 tells us, guys, it's time for us to man up, to woman up, and to take on the responsibility to get rid of some things. We have got to get rid of all the filth. We've got to make some choices and all the evil in our lives, and we need to humbly accept the message of God that he has planted in your hearts. So time out. What is the message of God that he's planted in our hearts? It's the message of the cross. It's the message of Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, who left heaven to come to earth to live a sinless life, to die on a cross to pay for my sin and your sin, to redeem us and to restore us back into relationship with our creator. It's the story of Jesus who died, who rose again, but also ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession on behalf of you and me as we live this life. It's the message of the one who sent the Holy Spirit to help empower us to live in freedom every day and to make a difference with our life. This is the message that we humbly accept in our hearts that have been planted They've been planted. Why is this important? Because it is that message of the cross that is strong enough to save your soul. In other words, it is strong enough to unpollute, to uncontaminate, to clear, to purify your heart in order to get you into a place where you can hear God's voice speaking clearly to you. So what's the part that we play in the process? Are we the ones that purify our soul? Well, we've got to make some choices, but ultimately the one choice that we make that's up to us to begin this process that God purifies in our hearts and our lives is one word, and that is repent. It's repentance. And that word has gotten a lot of bad rap (laughs) over the past decades. You know, we look at that as a very just like life-sucking word, but that is the most life-giving word in the entire Bible, everyone. It simply means I was headed down a path of destruction and I decided, you know what? I don't like that path anymore. I'm just simply going to turn and go the other way. That's all it means. So for us, when we repent, there's a miracle that takes place. When we turn and we go the other way and we head towards God, look at 1 John 1, 9. When we confess our sins, when we repent, when we turn, God is faithful and God is just and will forgive us our sins. Praise God for that. But also, here's the key. He will purify us from all contaminants, anything that has polluted our soul. He will purify us from all unrighteousness and he brings us back to a place where we can begin to hear the voice of our creator, the voice of the shepherd leading us and guiding us. And so the truth is, here's a statement I wanna make, is that we can't begin a new life until we turn from the old. We've gotta turn from the old so that we can walk in the new life to where we can get to a place where we can hear God's voice. And if this speaks to you today, I just wanna encourage you, my friends and family, you are one heartfelt prayer away from experiencing new beginning and a new life. And at the end of this service, it'd be my honor to give you an opportunity to say that prayer and to be free from the pollutants of the world and to have your sins forgiven and to experience the purity that comes from Jesus Christ. 
And so we're going to do that at the end of the service. But if this one didn't really kind of resonate with you, like if you're saying here today, you know, my heart's not really polluted. I get that I'm not perfect, but I'm walking this out and I'm in a relationship with God. But Pastor Ed, I still am having trouble hearing God's voice speak to me. Well, then maybe the second heart condition might speak to you. Let's look at Luke 8.13 first. Now, Jesus said, remember the rocky soil we talked about, farmer planting seeds, throwing out seeds, some of the seeds fell on rocky soil. Jesus says the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. They're like, Pastor Redman, that is the greatest message I have ever heard in my life. I'm like, thank you, man, you are awesome. But then, like a young plant in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. Look at the rest of the verse. They believe for a while, but then by the time Friday rolls around, they're like, what message? Is this relating to anybody? Come on, man. It's, this, is my, this is my young adult life. Go to church, get fired up, forget all about what the preacher said on Monday. Forget Friday, right? You know? And so we call this kind of heart that has trouble hearing the voice of God the distracted heart. It's number two. Number two, the distracted heart. And by the way, not all distractions are bad things. I mean, there could be some really good things in life that can be distractions that keep us away from hearing God's voice. When I began to think about distractions, man, my mind went back to uh, my wife and I will be married going on 16 years this April. Very excited. And I'll tell you this, man, like uh, we went on our honeymoon. I, I remember sitting with my then soon to be wife, you know, I was like, where do you want to go on our honeymoon? And, you know, I was single at that time and I had, I had money for days. You know, I thought I did, right? This is pre-marriage, right? And so I was like, I'll take you anywhere. You just name it, let's go. And I was like, if there's one place you've ever wanted to go. And so she's like, I've always wanted to go to New York City, see some Broadway musicals, you know, tour some of the history, go to the Statue of Liberty, all that. I'm like, hey, you got this. I got you. I'm your bankroll. Here we go, right? <laughs> I was. <laughs> and... And so we go to New York City, we have a great time, and I'll never forget us standing in Times Square. I mean, like, it was like the most mesmerizing but most distracting place on the planet. And uh, I remember us looking around and seeing everything, and all of a sudden I turn, I see my wife's lips moving, but I can't hear her. Why? Because of all the competing voices. I mean, it's loud in Times Square if you've never been there. Like, there's buses, there's, you know, you got the subway stuff happening underneath you, you got people yelling at you, you got the video screens, you got music going on, you got the taxi cabs, you got, hey, you know, all this stuff's happening. And my wife is like two feet away from me, but yet I could not hear what she was saying because of all the competing, distracting voices that were happening in the moment. And as I thought about that, I was thinking, it's so, that's the same for our spiritual lives. It's the same thing. It's like God's talking, but we can't hear his whispers speak to us because of all the distracting, whether good or bad, voices that are competing for our attention. You know, I think one of the greatest blessings in the 21st century has been the invention of, of this little device right here. It's called an iPhone or cell phone, whatever, you know, your smartphone, right? It's, a, it's an incredible blessing, but can we just be honest? It is like one of the most distracting things on the planet also, isn't it? It's like, and I can have every good intention to read God's word in the morning and pull up my one-year Bible app, but all of a sudden I get distracted. Why? Because I see something on the phone. It's called little red dot. Anybody ever, you know, these little red dots? They're the AKA notifications on your phone. Anybody else have those? Right, and, I, and it's like these little red dots pop up in my phone. And I'm like, they must be dealt with. Like I can't, like my personality, I can't have hundreds of notifications. Like I gotta go and clear all of those out. 
And so I'm like, it's almost like I'm saying, God, you're just going to have to wait a minute. I got to go clear some red dots and then I'll be back to hang out with you because I just got to clear the red dots. And so what turns out to be a second, whether it's an email, whether whatever notification it might be, I'm thinking it's only going to take seconds. But then an hour, two hours later, I'm like, oh, wait, I remember why I picked the phone up. It was to read the one year Bible. I might should do that. Right. So we have these distracting voices that come. And I don't can you all relate to that? Or am I the only one that deals with this? Okay. So all of hell is trying to keep you from hearing God's voice and he'll use good things. He'll use bad things to compete for your attention. In fact, I'm going to show you in Luke chapter 10, verse 39 through 40, we see Jesus hanging out at some of his best friend's home. There were two sisters, Mary and Martha. I know some of you growing up in church, you've heard this story, right? And we've got two sisters, Mary and Martha. They're in the same house with the same Jesus, hearing the same stories, but both of them had different experiences. One in the moment can hear clearly. The other one, which you're going to see, is in the same moment, but yet is not hearing. Look at this, Luke 10, 39 through 40. At least she's not hearing at this point. It says, and she, this is Martha. Martha had a sister, her name was Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was just sitting back listening to Jesus, just hanging out. But then it goes on, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy, she was distracted with what looked to be some really good things. And that is some much serving. And by the way, when I read this, Martha takes a lot of flack a lot of times, but I'm just saying, I like Martha. Like I can relate to Martha because like, I want to eat. I'm like, please sister, can you cook some food? That'd be great. Prepare the meal, do what you got. Like, please. Right. Can Martha's in the room? Like we got to get some stuff done. We just can't sit at the feet of Jesus all the time. Right. Let's just be real. But the problem wasn't that Martha was serving. That was not the issue. The problem with Martha was that she was doing instead of being. You can still do and still be at the same time. And so I am guilty of this. In fact, oftentimes in ministry or growing up in church at all, we can be so busy serving the Lord that we're doing things for God. We're not necessarily doing things with God. And oftentimes we're distracted. We're distracted. And it looks different for all of us. But the big idea is this, to hear God's voice, I must decline the distractions. The big idea is to hear God's voice, I must make the choice to decline the distractions. You got to shut the world off, you got to shut the world up, and you got to position yourself and your heart distraction-free to be able to hear the voice of God speaking. So what do we know so far? Well, what we've learned so far is that in order to hear God's voice, we've got to prepare our heart to hear. We've got to prepare our soil, if you will, for the voice of God. And so if our heart, our soil is polluted, then we've got to free ourselves of those contaminants. How? By repenting, number one. Number two, if we're having a hard time hearing God's voice, it could be that we have a distracted heart. And if we have a distracted heart, then we just simply need to refocus some things and get back to seeing some things clearly, shutting the world off, shutting the world up, getting to a place where we can you know, focus on God. Because if we can see clearly, the idea is that we can hear clearly. So if today you're thinking, well, Pastor Rhett, this is great. Uh, I still having trouble hearing God's voice. I don't really believe my heart is polluted. Um, I may be a little distracted at times, but I'm really making some efforts in that area. But I'm still having trouble hearing God speaking. Well, then maybe you can relate to number three. To number three. Let's look at 814. Jesus said, now the other seed that the farmer was spreading also fell among weeds. Now, anybody in this room, have you ever tried to grow weeds? 
Now, I'm not talking about this kind of weed, okay? All the Washingtonians and Oregonians the Californians and all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not talking about growing that kind of weed, y'all. That's not what Jesus is talking about. I'm talking about the weed that grows up in your grass, in your lawn. Have any of you ever just simply tried to grow weeds? Anybody? No. <laughs> you don't have to train them to grow. You don't even have to try. Why? Because weeds just simply, they grow by themselves. And so think about this. Have you ever been in like out in the country, you're going to Wilder or Homedale or just anywhere for that matter, and you're driving and you're looking out at a farm, and have you ever noticed a farm that was just, the field was just full of weeds? It's like it's been overtaken. It's like it's just been forgotten. And all of a sudden, it's just like all these weeds. You're like, what in the world? So what does a, a field full of weeds communicate? It communicates neglect. It communicates a disregard. It communicates apathy. It communicates this idea that I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm either there, but I'm not going to do anything. They're going to just overtake things. And so Jesus is saying, look at this. He says, the seed that fell among the weeds is like seeds that fall among neglect. It stands for those who hear, man, they hear it. But as they go on their way, man, they're choked by life's worries. They're thinking about the life, the worries, riches, pleasures. And they don't, and here's the big idea, and they don't, everybody say that last word out loud, and they don't mature. They don't mature. And so the third condition of our hearts or our soil that keep us from hearing God's word, write this down, is that it could possibly be an immature heart, an immature heart, or a neglected heart. And so the way this kind of plays out in a person's life is like, man, I'm saved. You know, I said the prayer, I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. My eternity is secure through Jesus, right? And God is saying, you know what? Yes, you are saved. But if that's it, I just need you to understand there is more to the relationship that I have to offer you. And so Jesus is coming along and saying, hey, it is time to grow up and grow in the deeper relationship with me and meaning and purpose that I have for your life. It's time for you to mature in your relationship. And the best way you can tell if you have a mature relationship is the conversations that you have with people or have with God, I should say. And so as I began to think about communication, I began to think about Linda and I and our marriage and the things we talk about and communicate about. And can I just be honest, in our home, it's not perfect all the time, but it's, it's basically sophisticated, meaningful, life-giving conversations that happen. You know, I mean, we do have tough conversations too, but it's all from this idea of this mature perspective. We talk about life, we talk about our dreams, we talk about our finances, we talk about just everything in our life, in our home, in our family, in our season. Why do we do that? Well, I like to believe it's because there are two mature adults. Well, at least we know there's one, right? You know, so <laughs> two mature adults having mature conversation. And you know, 14 years ago, we had the biggest blessing of our life come into our life, and that was our son, Max. In fact, here's an eight-month-old picture of our son, Max. <laughs> you know, 14 years ago, we thought it was cool to throw your kid in a little, you know, tub or something out in the woods or wherever we were. And, and so this is our son, Max, you know. He's eight months old. Yeah, he's so cute, right? You want to know what my conversations were like when my son was eight months old in that little tub? You're so cute. Oh, my goodness. Look at those cheekies. Oh, yes. Oh, you got a boo-boo. Okay, come here. Let me pick you up. Oh, you need my at your bottom? Okay, I want your bottom. <laughs> oh, you fell down? Come here. Let me pick you up. Oh, you're just so cute. Oh, my goodness. My little baby boy. Yes, he is. 
Now, did I have the ability to communicate maybe a little bit better than that? Obviously, yes. But why didn't I communicate in more a mature way with my eight-month-old son? Because that's all he could receive at the time. Why? Because as much as I love him, as cute as he was, he's immature. He's immature. So fast forward, now that he's older, he's 14. Can I show a picture now? 14, come on. It's amazing. One snap, one picture, bam, 14 years right there, right? Can I just tell you our conversations look a little bit different as a 14-year-old? And my hope is as he grows on to become an adult, our conversations even mature even more over time, get better and more meaningful over time. And so some of you are going, Pastor Red, what is your point? Well, my point is some of you are dissatisfied at the level of communication that you're receiving from God and having with God. And maybe it's on us to grow up. See, God wants to have meaningful, deep conversations with us. But you and I, we have a part to play in the process. And the part that you and I have a part to play in the process is maturing, is growing, and growing up. Well, how do we do that? Well, thank God the Bible tells us how. Look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down. Especially the sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us. We need to mature, need to develop, and never give up. And we must focus on Jesus. In other words... The maturity process of growing up, I don't know if you caught what I was throwing down with all the highlighted words and pauses, okay? But the maturity process can't happen by ourselves. We can't mature alone. We need people. We need to be able to look at the men and women of God that God references all throughout Scripture from Old Testament to New Testament, the men and women that are surrounded, you know, of faith. We need to learn from their stories but we also have to learn from the men and women of faith in today's present time as well. The people who have gone before us a little bit ahead of us. We've got to learn. We've got to have people in our life. In other words, your maturity, you'll never mature if it's just you and God. Now, you will mature, but you will not reach your full maturity unless you're doing life with others. And this is found all throughout Scripture. And that's why we do small groups. Pastor Ed, again, you want to talk about small groups? Yeah, absolutely. This is who we are, everybody. This is God's design for you not only to experience a life change and life-giving relationships, but small groups are also designed for you to experience a life change and growth and mature in your walk with God, in your walk with others. And I'm just saying it is amazing how God can use people. It's amazing how God will use people to speak to you through their stories, through their testimonies, things you've been asking God, all of a sudden you hear somebody testify the faithfulness to God and God's like, see, I got you. It's amazing. And so small groups, if you're not in a small group, don't do life alone. 
Connect in a small group, text OLC groups, 94,000, get in a group, search our online directory. It's never too late to get into a small group. But many of you, although you see this, you hear this, you read the scripture, you got this, like many of you are still going to continue to come up with excuses of why you're going to do life alone. And so the truth is, and I mean this with all love and sincerity, I hope you hear my heart, the truth is you will never fully mature. Why? Because maturity comes when we stop making excuses and we start making changes. In other words, maturity comes when we stop making excuses to do life alone and to start making changes to do life in life-giving community. Is this helping anybody today? Okay. Talking about preparing our hearts in order to hear God's voice speaking to us. There's four heart conditions. We see God and Jesus talking to us, there's the polluted heart that keeps us from hearing from the Lord. There's the distracted heart, right? There's this immature heart. And here's the last one. And this is really the one that we all want and that we all need in our lives. And it's my hope that as your friend, that we go on this journey together and we get to this place, okay? It takes time, but we can't be there. It comes out of Luke 8, 15. It says, the seed on good soil. Everybody say good soil. The seed on good soil on the word of God, the voice of God that lands into good soil, stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear God's voice. They hear his word. Not only hear his voice, but they retain it. Okay? And by persevering, they produce a crop. By persevering, they make a difference with their life. So here's the fourth one. Fourth heart condition that we all long to have to hear God's voice speak to us clearly is this. It's the prepared heart. The prepared heart. Why is this important? Because the prepared heart hears the voice of God. So how do we prepare our hearts? How do we prepare our heart? Well, kind of mentioned it three, as we've kind of gone through this journey, but let me just do a recap and you can write this down. Three words the Holy Spirit spoke to me as we began this. Number one, repent. 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 Acts 3, 19. By the way, why do we repent? Because a repented heart is what positions us to hear from God. So Acts 3, 19 says, repent then. You want to hear God's voice? It's simple. Just change directions. Turn to God. Why? So that your heart may be unpolluted. That your sins may be wiped out. And that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. In other words, we repent to prepare our hearts to hear from God, to hear from God. Secondly, refocus. Refocus. Why? Because in order to hear God's voice, we must decline the distractions, <laughs> whether they're good or they're bad. Second Corinthians 7.1, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. Let's just get to the place where we value God's voice more than we value the distractions of this world. These have their place, but let's not let this take us away from really what's most important, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. So we repent, we renew. Here's number three. And then we ask God, God, just renew our hearts. Renew, renew. I love this Psalm of David, Psalm 51, verse 10. David said, God created me a pure heart. 
In other words, God, I want my life to be good soil. Create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. In other words, what he's saying, God, may my heart be a place that is prepared for you. So we're going to repent. We're going to refocus. We're going to renew. Why? Because that's what prepares a heart. So it prepares a heart. Why is it important? Here's your last blank if you're following along. It's because God's voice is heard clearest. This is why it's important. God's voice is heard clearest in a prepared heart. So we need to prepare our hearts. Family, you can't grow bananas in Alaska. Aren't you glad God sent this southern boy from Alabama to deliver this truth to you today? You can't grow bananas in Alaska. No, you grow bananas in Jamaica. Why? Because that's where the soil is good that produces the crop of bananas. So why am I saying this? I'm saying, guys, it's time for us to put our heart in the right place. It's trying to get our heart to become good soil. When there's good soil in our heart, a great harvest will come from it. And that's the good news of hearing God's voice. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? I'll be looking around. We'll be here just another few minutes. God, I thank you so much for your word today. I thank you for your faithfulness to us, God, that you are a speaking God. You've never stopped speaking. And you are the same today as you were yesterday, and you will be forevermore. You're constantly speaking, but oftentimes there's things in our life, whether it be sin in our life, distractions in our life, or just conditions in our heart that we've allowed there through choices we've made that have put us in a place to kind of drown out your words that are speaking to us. But God, we value your words so much and we value, God, your, your wisdom. And we're asking today, God, that wherever we are on this journey, God, that you would help us take a step of, in the right direction of repenting, refocusing, or renewing our hearts towards you to hear your voice speak and lead in God in our homes, our families, our finances, our health emotionally and physically and the decisions that are before us that we're pondering, making, or making. We need you. We need your help. We're asking for it. Help us to take these steps today. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, I mentioned earlier about this polluted heart and the thing that pollutes us from hearing God's voice and really pollutes us from a relationship with God is that word sin. Sin, again, is that white noise that keeps you from hearing God's voice. Sin is the dividing factor that keeps us from being able to walk in the hope and the love and the joy, the mercy, the grace, the fullness of all that God has for our lives. In some of you, if you're honest, you're in this room or watching us online and you say, you know, Pastor Red, I've, whether it's choices that I've made, I've made some choices that have allowed sin, guilt, shame, hurt, pain, and it's polluted me so much that it's affecting every area of my life. And I've got some good news for you today. If that's you, the good news is Jesus died on the cross to pay a price for you to remove the guilt, to remove the shame, to remove the barrier that sin has created between you and God. And here's the good news. There's nothing for you to do other than just to confess your sins, to repent, to turn. And the Bible teaches us that if we'll confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we'll be saved. We'll experience this relationship with God and we'll begin to hear his voice and he'll lead us and guide us in every area. So if you're here today and you're in this room or you're online 
it'd be an honor for me to lead you in a prayer right where you are. So if you're here today and you say, Pastorette, that's me. Like, I, I, I want to begin a relationship with God. My heart's polluted with sin. Or maybe I've made some choices and I've just, I've got some stuff in me that has separated me from God and I, I want to I wanna come back into a relationship with God. If that's you today, would you be so bold and to pray this prayer with your church family today? And family, we're a praying church. We pray together as a family, okay? This is what families do. So I'd encourage you to say this prayer. And by the way, it's, it's not the words or the prayer that bring the life change and the miracle that you're about to experience. It's your heart. It's your heart. This is, God, I just need you. And so today, would you be so bold to say a prayer like this? I'm gonna pray this with me, everybody in the room. Say, God, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Thank you for Jesus. I believe in Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose again, and descended to heaven, paid a price for my sins so that I could walk in a relationship with you. And I believe, and I put my hope, I put my faith and my trust, I give you my life, Today, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I pray this say, forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. I welcome you in my heart today to prepare my heart to be good soil, to hear your voice leading me, guiding me, and directing every step that I take from today forward. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, can we put our hands together today for those who made a decision to follow Christ today? Come on, let them know how much you love them.